The following Toku podcast contains spoilers from both past and present Tokusatsu, anime, manga, movies and other related media. If you do not wish to be spoiled we suggest turning off the podcast now. Otherwise please enjoy the show. Bonjour et bienvenue à Toku Podcast, la meilleure émission parlant de Toku Cast, que vos amis amis uh, intend to parler. I don't care if I said that right. Fuck you. God, did better than I did. <laughs> uh, look, I, next week is German. It's going to have to be German next week, and I'm afraid. You know what? Just to fuck with people, I'll put a little, I'll put a fucking little Hitler mustache and nobody will be able to see. No, you know what? You know what we should do is we should just do the intro, but it's... uh. What's what's the uh, Ramstein? Let's just do. It's just we're just reading Ramstein lyrics. Nobody's gonna know. <laughs> <laughs> just just throw in Toku podcast or somewhere in there. Do it. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so today we are talking about Garo Maki Senki, the third and final stop on our Garo marathon. First was Beast of the Minamima. Second was Rebebebe, and today is Maki Senki. No, wait, Makai Senki. Ma- Fuck you. Yeah, Anyways. You, you kept saying Maki Senki, and I was waiting for you to catch <laughs> that. <don't> <laughs> oh, no, we watch Maki. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, yes. if maybe if it was like the, the Ugandan dub or something, that'd be what it was called. That would be amazing. The fucking speedy dub, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him, he go. <laughs> he turned gold. Oh. Garo. <laughs> Video DJ. Uh, oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, imagine Tokusatsu with a video joker. That'd be fucking great. Uh. <laughs> oh, dude, fucking. Oh, I mean, who, can we I get mean, that? Who killed Captain Alex is basically halfway there. Can, can we just send, like, Garo to the Ugandans and be like, yo, put a video DJ over this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Absolutely. So, so. As I said, this is our third and final stop on the Garo Marathon, but it's also our final, it's also our second only Garo series after the original. And, God, you know what? I'll spoil it right now, Jay. It's really late, but this might actually be a contender for my personal show of the year. (laughs) You know what? Yeah, I don't blame you, honestly. This, honest to God, blew me the fuck away. Like, I was one of those guys that was tepid. On fucking this first season of Garo, I don't even remember most of what Gar what happened in the first season. Yeah, I remember this fight between Zero and Garo. I remember fucking Mark Musashi. I remember the stupid shit with the painting. I remember that stuff. But like, overall, I don't remember anything from the first season. But I remember like this the key moments. I kind of remember. I think like a lot of like I don't remember a whole lot of the episode like the 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 horror of the week plots. Whereas with, I mean, obviously where I just watched this and I watched season one, like, what, like January, I yeah. obviously remember Makai Senki's a little bit more, but I think they're, they're a little bit more memorable. I can definitely remember more of what happened episode to episode, having watched Fuck's this. sake, episode eight, dude. Oh my God, dude. I was going to talk about that We're going to have to get to that one. So basically, so we can give you a little refresher of what we're talking about. Garo, Garo, fuck you, Garo Makai Senki. I keep trying to, I keep wanting to say okay. Maki. So <laughs> Makai Senki uh, picks up five years after the events of the original series. So sometime five. Yes. So that's that's both the real lifetime between seasons. Uh, since Garo season one aired in two thousand five, this aired in two thousand eleven. So about yes. five years, uh, yes. counting yes. the end, the uh, Midnight Sign movie as the quote unquote ending. 
So five years have passed. Exactly what has happened in those five years? Uh, just Koga doing his usual shit. Uh, he got promoted at some point to being, instead of just kind of like a generic knight, he's working for the priest senate, um, the Makai senate. Basic, basically, he's like top dog Makai knight now. Um, I guess think of it like the Jedi Council. Pretty much. Uh, which really doesn't influence the plot in any way. Uh, Koga straight up admits that him being uh, directly working for the Senate is entirely irrelevant. Um, which <laughs> yeah, he says in the first episode, he's just like, but all right. Both, both him and Zaruba are just like, yeah, you know what? This is the, the promotion is basically completely irrelevant. It basically just means I'm fighting more monsters. Um, it just means I'm going to get busy. Yeah. It basically just means I, I I guess I make more money. I don't know if I I don't know if he gets paid to do this. I guess he does. That would explain why he has. A f- I don't think so. I mean, because like you look at like him and he's got a fucking mansion and he's got millions of millions of dollars. But look at and then, zero. Yeah, motherfucker lives in the fucking look at dump. look at fucking zero or literally any other night and they're like living in dirty hovels in the middle of nowhere and they have no money and well, tattered at least with Subasa it makes sense Su- like whatever uh, Subasa at the very least he's like the the head of like the the school or the temple or whatever it was i don't remember yeah but like like with ray he's just he's just living in the fucking gutter he just like, yeah, he just, just fucking fuck lives in like a dirty hovel um actually that that's something that i that i noticed do makai senki or makai kishi i should say do they live in villages? Like, because there's a few of them that seemed that they still lived in, like, Edo period villages. It's not entirely clear. Uh, as far as we're aware, Kogas just seems to be an outlier because he's Garo. Um, I <laughs> guess they just live in the city. I guess they just live in, like, weird, like, middle of the forest huts. It's one of those things. <laughs> they never really seem to address it, at least in the uh, the main. Damn, game. there's even classism with Garo for people, man. <laughs> Jesus, you got the richies and you well, got I the mean, poor that, people. That's, God damn, that's kind of what the the season is all about. Is a is, uh, uh, war against the knights. <laughs> it's a class struggle. Um, so yes, Garo a fuck <laughs> four billion Makai priest dead every day. <laughs> Pretty much. Have you seen their track record? They're not exactly that great. They're red shirts, they're motherfucker. They're fucking red shirts. And again, I mean, everybody Ugh. everybody who doesn't have their own unique suit of armor is basically a red shirt, so... Um, that is also true. But that's true for most shows. Anyways, so, Koga, uh, it, the overarching <laughs> plot of the season is kind of similar to the first season, <laughs> where it's somebody gets an evil curse on them that's going to kill them after an unspecified amount of time, so Koga has to work to solve it. Except this time it's him, and also Ray. And basically and every other Makai Knight, yeah. Um, <laughs> Everybody, in ex- every Makai Knight in existence is just going to fucking collapse. Who are cursed by a mysterious man in a red mask, use what they call it the Mark of Destruction, which just looks like a sick... Tip. Oh, is that what they call it on yours? Yeah, that's that's what the uh, the official English subs refer to it as, the Mark oh, of Destruction. they called it the Mark of Oblivion with mine. Yeah. Mark of Destruction sounds cooler. Yeah, I guess so. So... Uh, basically, it's an unspecified curse that is slowly killing them, except it's not really all that irrelevant to the plot. Uh, every now and then, Koga or Ray they'll ch- clutch their chest like they're having a heart attack, and that's basically it up until the last, like, five or six episodes. Um, See, what they didn't show you is that they just ate a shit ton of Mackie D's beforehand. Pretty much. It's just heartburn, really. So the overarching plot is, again, still Koga getting into Monster of the Week shenanigans as he's trying to find out who the Red Mask guy is and... 
to kill him so he can stop the curse so he can save his <coughs> life. Uh, yeah. Pretty much it. Uh, again, overarching plot is really not there too much. It comes up every now and then up until the last like four or five episodes. Much like with season one where the overarching plot is more or less just an excuse to set up cool monster fights. Which is not a bad thing. See, I enjoyed that. It, it It's weird when you say it like that because like with season one and season two, they're pretty similar. Like you said, they're basically mm. almost the exact same season, which is why I almost, in a way, this is this almost feels like a soft, like not even a soft, like a soft reboot, but like a, I guess kind of like a soft reboot, where it's basically the same plot. The only th- difference is they pace it out and in- integrate the plot way better in this fucking show, like way better in this season. It's not like quite a retread because they do obviously change up some things here and there, more so in the, like the midway through the season. But you are right, they do start integrating it a little bit more where... Excuse me. Yep. Oh, gross. Uh, <laughs> where the plot is essentially just there in season one, and they, they occasionally acknowledge it. Where here it's more of like a serialized thing, where it's they'll bring up the ongoing plot threads, and then the, the rest of the episode is, okay, here's this unrelated horror plot. And then here's something that kind of ties in the plot and keeps it going, but it's otherwise you can just kind of watch the episode in the vacuum. <coughs> Pretty much. Mm. But I think, unlike the first season, this really, really fucking, like, gets a big push because of it. Because, I'm not going to lie, dude, I fucking love this season. Oh, yeah. This season was fun. It was fucking fun. I Look, uh, like, like everybody knows in the server... I, I'm very bad at watching these shows at a decent pace. Like, I don't watch it like Jay or Phil where I'm like, oh, I'll just watch a couple episodes here and here. The Virgin watched the show at a normal pace over the week. The Chad binged the entire series the day before recording. <laughs> the, the entire fucking night. But see, it's weird because unlike with Wizard, well, then again, granted, Wizard was literally 25 episodes well. longer. But granted, with Wizard... I was so fucking bored. I was like skipping around. This I I couldn't. I was just like, no, I I need to see this. I need to see what the fuck is gonna happen here. No, because yeah. I am so invested. Granted, it did lose. It did lose a little bit of that towards the end part. I, th- we'll I think we're both in we agreement do. there. Where uh, once it gets to like the the, I guess uh, the third act. I guess is the best way to put it. The show kind of starts losing its rails a little bit. Um, ha! train. Well, <laughs> that is true. There is a literal train that does get derailed. Um, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> um, oh. so in terms, so I guess we'll we'll kind of go over the usual things we do. Um, the characters, basically everybody is the same. Uh, there is pretty much no change to how everybody acts. Everybody's basically how they were where they left off the first season. Perfectly Koga fine has a that. little bit less of a stick up his ass. In Koga, this one, you can definitely tell that there is time passed because to- Koga's definitely like calmed down a little bit. He's not quite the same as how he was at the end of the series, where or like comparing like the movie where he's he's still like a like a stick in the mud, but he's not. He's like he actually gives a shit about other people other than just killing the horror kind of thing. He smiles more in this than the last two movies and fucking season <laughs> one combined. I'm pretty sure that is true. Um. So you get a little bit of that, uh, but uh, for the most part, everybody's pretty much the same, which isn't, yeah. a, again, it isn't a bad thing. I'm fine with that. You get that a lot with a lot of like sequels where it's like, we didn't plan for a sequel, 
So we already finished the character's story arc. Okay, we need to come up with a new story arc for them. No, you don't really get but, any of that. That's fun. But it's kind of weird because, like, like, like we were saying earlier, like, it's not really a retread, but at the same time, it kind of benefits from them being the same because it, the, the story, like you said, like, the story kind of, like, lets them not have to change, really. It's more of, it more revolves around that they are just like that. Like, the stuff that happens with Koga happens because Koga is like that. The kind of, that happens with Ray is because Ray is like that. And they don't need to really change. And I'm fine with that. No. Especially when we have to get to, like, Karu's fucking episode, which, honestly, I actually didn't I actually didn't mind too much. No, yeah, she had a couple of great moments in this <laughs> season. And granted, a good majority of the time, it was still her blundering into horror plots because she's just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one Look, with the dude, fuck- you see a CGI fish. Let- you go with the CGI fish. I mean, yeah, I'm going to follow the CGI fish. I'm going to die, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. God, dude, this, like... Boy, see, it's, it's I'm, I'm tried- so fucking glad you guys told me about the end credits thing, because if I saw that CGI fish, I'd be so fucking confused. <laughs> I almost kind of, I almost kind of think like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have just to see your fucking reaction. I would have been, I would have been, what the fuck, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I would have been, like, fish coming out of his shirt. I would have been which, so which, fucking confused. I, <laughs> which reminds me, okay, so this happens after Beast of the Midnight Sun, right? But it would have to happen literally right after it. No, no. No, this would happen right after Red Requiem. Yes, this, this happens like, uh, they don't really specify because uh, Rekka from the movie shows up later on, and it's kind of implied that there's been some amount of time that's passed. But whether that's just the time from the series <coughs> beginning to then, or there's like time between, it seems to be maybe like a like a month or two or so that has passed between the the movie and the show. But yeah, uh, yeah. Red Requiem basically happens right before season two does. Okay, because I was thinking like it would have to because. Uh, uh, Gonza doesn't actually notice the fish until like the episode starts, and I'm like, yeah, okay, this, this happened literally right before, <coughs> pretty much. And you also get a lot of the elements from uh, that Red Requiem introduced as well. You get a little bit more of the 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 priest lore and how they work. Uh, you get the little the the go oh, robots. I love that part. Um, and that's the thing I do like as well, that the show really does start expanding more on the lore of the Makai world, uh, the rankings of the priest, how they operate, the the kind of the Senate, the how the knights and everything are organized, the districts and stuff like that. Yeah. Again, a lot of it is still left vague. It's just mostly like there for background material. But what they do, they do acknowledge, they do establish it. They, they take what they already introduced in season one. They start building it up more. And it's really nice because it really starts like rounding the world out more. You start getting more of like an yeah. idea of like there is an actual world to this. There's like an actual world of like spirits and the horrors and how they interact with the real world and hell and the Malkai <laughs> realm and stuff. Like I, I actually really like it because like because then you get to see, you know, like, like you said, like the rankings. And then you, you get to see like people like like Leo, who is, you know, technically one of the higher ranking priests and Lates, who is also the, I guess, more, like he's a elite. they refer to him as a reverend, much like Amon in the first season. So he's like <laughs> high, high, high ranking priest, basically. And then you get to see like towards the end of the series, basically the squalor. Yeah. Um, and, and I like that, too, because you get the episodes again where you have Kaoru kind of blunders her way into this stuff. But you get just like this person who's totally new to this stuff and you get this her experiencing the 
the rules of the spirit world and it's like spirits are fickle they have all these weird rules that you gotta follow so it's her and leo going on these weird shenanigans like oh we have to step this amount of steps in this sink we got to do this we got to wait for these spirits to pass we have to take this super obscure route just to get to this place 10 feet away from us because the spirits are pissed off like that stuff like that and that's fun <laughs> i like the episodes like that and i like a lot of the more episodic ones too again still i think the episode like the again the, the horror of the week type plots are a little bit more interesting than the ones that are more like plot heavy. Which is oh, not to yeah. say that the plot heavy ones are bad. That's the same thing that season one had where I was more interested in the more anthology-esque, like just completely standalone episodes where you get, okay, so here's this guy who exists in this world, but here's this otherwise totally unrelated horror plot line that he just kind of inserts himself into. And that's what I liked. I, like, that's those yeah. the episodes that I really liked. I, I especially like because like we can I, I think we can probably not one by one but I think we can go like some of our favorites like I think you and I both agree episode eight with episode, Ray and the samurai was is fucking the single beautiful. best episode. I am I'm being entirely serious <laughs> that is what got me into Garo I watched this oh, episode really? completely out of context like five six years ago or something <laughs> I don't even remember why I watched it I don't remember where or when or however it came to be. I think I was on some random stream somewhere doing something else. Somebody just kind of threw it on, like, incidentally. And I was super hooked. I was immediately hooked with this. Granted, <laughs> it still did take me a little bit of while to actually get into Garo, but that was what yeah. really got me. Like, oh, this is what Garo is? Oh, this is sick. I need to watch this. Dude, legitimately, and it, it's weird, because like when you because you were talking about right now, the, antholo- the antholo- anthologic? Is anthology. That, is that Antho- I'm trying to think of, like, a, like an ick word for it, like, anthologic. Anthologic. I don't think that's a word, but I think that's Anth- anthological. There you go. There I created go. a new word. That word. <laughs> anthological. Uh, the anthological like tone of the show. It allows for, especially in this one, because dude, you can fucking tell they got fucking bank oh, for yeah. this fucking show. <laughs> they you, got bank for this season. You can tell that uh, Amamiya really threw his weight around, or something like that, or just. Oh, Garo got super popular in the few years or whatever, and he just got a whole lot of money to do this. He mortgaged his house. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. You but, can, like, you can tell they had bank with this yeah, shit. Even, and even like, comparing with, like, uh, the movie there, where it, uh, in terms of the effects, the, it's better than the movie, honestly. But um, Oh, definitely. But, like, you, and I was going to say, like, the anthological, I'm going to keep using that, the anthological uh, nature of the show I'm not gonna lie, dude. Like with like, especially with episode eight, and and like episodes with uh like the episode with Karu and Leo when they're looking for the divine beast or spirit beast. Sorry, like all those episodes or fuck the episode with uh with the guy who made fucking uh manhole covers. Like yeah, the manhole episodes, one with uh Gino from Double was great. Yeah, dude, I I fucking saw him. And I was just like. What the fuck? Dude, there was there was a lot of episodes like that where like uh the first episode the guy in that was uh Sage from Ghost and it was like I like oh my god, I know who that is. And I had to look it up because he's totally bald in this and he had the stupid wigs in the that show. I was like, "Oh, that's who it was." Who's that Toku man? Exactly. Yeah, you had a lot of episodes like that too where uh again the the manhole cover episode where it's it's just this guy who's like he's like a weirdo failed artist who like makes super crazy manhole covers and he just he just goes crazy kinda and a horror just kind of shows up dude he's in the wrong up. fucking city go to Oregon they'd buy that shit yeah I'm like it's so weird to me that the plot of the episode is that 
he turns to evil and helps the horror because nobody wants his artsy, fartsy manhole Nobody wants covers. to see his manhole covers. But I'm like, dude, there's probably, like, if you probably went, like, I don't know, maybe, like, five miles away, you'd probably find someone somewhere that'd be willing to take this for your city. I mean, you co- compare yeah, to, like, again, there's a lot of cities out west, or there's just, like, random cities where they'll have shit like this, like... Granted, I'm sure. Like, legitimately, like, they're they're really crazily artistic. So I'd be like, dude, look for somebody who's into like abstract art. Even again, I mean, the, the show even acknowledges that is like, hey, you know, you could probably find somebody who would actually buy these. And he's just like, you know, I mean, as manhole covers, they probably you know not going to sell, but as like art, they probably would. And then he's just no, like, fuck you, I got to kill you now. No, I have to kill you. all of you now. You know, it's weird because he's like he. He's like obsessed with his manhole covers, but then he gets pissed off when people are walking over manhole covers and not paying attention to them. I know. Which is, it's kind of paradoxical, but I guess he's a crazy man who murdered his wife, so you know, whatever. Or, or, I love or that one, one too, because because oh. that one just ends with his wife turning into a creepy grudge ghost. Dude, that him, fucking okay, which is that entirely unrelated me. to the horror plot, by the way. But that, dude, legit, that fucking scared me. It was me. legitimately terrifying, yeah. Because, like, it, it was even worse for me because, like, I accidentally, like, get closed out the window. Like, it was, like, one of those things where, like, you just, like, minimize the window. And I was just oh, like, yeah. oh, what's that sound? The first thing I fucking see is his fucking ghost wife turning into a fucking monster. I was like, holy oh, shit. I love that, That's too. terrifying. Because, like, the ghost of his wife turning into a monster and killing him is completely unrelated to the horror, and they've already killed the horror and stopped his plot at that point. He just dies completely <laughs> yeah. unrelated to the hit. And or, that's or what, another one of my again, favorite episodes. That's like the, the, uh, the horror anthology type stuff that I like, is that if you just kind of, like, removed Koga, like, not even removed Koga, you just had Garo be an element in the show. You just, like, had these, like, horror plots happening. These would work really great. You could just have these plot lines happen. Like again, well, see, that's what I was gonna say. These, in 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 essence, all of these are like, they're basically just mini movies. Yeah. Like I I guess you could technically say, oh no shit, it's a TV show. But like legitimately, like these are like mini movies. Like I could see the the samurai the samurai episode be its own little movie. Or I, I mean, can I've see, seen I've seen a movie with a similar plot line where it's a you've got a samurai who gets transported to modern day and he's he's just kind of become depressed and glum because society is just shit now and everybody's a weak pussy and he's just You're all fucking he's, soy boys he's he's just looking for one final fight but he can't because a demon has possessed him and he wants him to kill people and he's like fuck off go fuck yourself i like that i love that I, part I too it. of that episode where he's been possessed quote unquote by the horror and it's like it's trying to get him to kill people but he's like go fuck yourself no, yeah, I'm like, not doing I, what I, you want. I'd, ra- I'd rather like die than become just a fucking murderer. Exactly. Like, I'm just like, holy shit, dude. That one is really <laughs> great too because again, it's one of those episodes that is absolutely fucking nothing to do with the plot. Coke is not even in it. It's an episode entirely about zero, and it's the best episode of the show because it's oh, definitely. <laughs> and again, like Ray, Ray has nothing to do with the plot pretty much up until he shows up. It's just. Oh, here's the samurai who was looking for one final duel before he died, and now he wakes up in modern day. And oh, he, they, they have something about oh, when he was a child, he saw one of Zero's ancestors, and that inspired him to fight Ray in the modern day, and whatever. And it's it's just 
it's just a full episode worth <laughs> of sick sword fighting. Absolutely nothing. Like, else. like you can tell, like obviously the Garo stuff was just put in there. All right, we, we need at least something to hint we, at Garo we need, or whatever. We need to use the suit at least once an episode, I guess. Yeah. And they used it for like but, twenty seconds, and that's fine. And that's another thing too that the series carries over. Again, that's one of the, like the big things about Garo is that they don't really use the suits a whole lot. Is that they, oh, sti- no, they, they still? Dude, there's times re- where I legitimately thought they were going to go the entire sh- the entire episode without the suit. Oh yeah, yeah. They really do again stick to the time limit really well. Granted, this is the season where they do start straying away from the time limit a little bit more. Granted, most of the times they do it, there's either one an exception or two. It's just done because rule of cool. Yeah, like basically. There, there's the one where uh, Koga's in like the weird spirit tower fighting the the collected demon like. The collected miasma of the shadow karma of his ancestors <laughs> of Garo yeah. or whatever the fuck they said. And and it's like a weird time void, so he gets to use the suit the whole episode and shit like that. Or or like one of my one of my favorite episodes, besides the samurai one. And I, I maybe maybe it's not to some other people, but I, it's it's my favorite one of my favorites. Fucking Hawk Tiger, Takatora comes out. Oh yeah, the one with the um one. The, the failed the actor who becomes like, uh, envious of that episode. Uh, Melon Man, who gets possessed <laughs> by the horror, kills him, and replaces him on the show. And Kogan just kind of shows lie, up. I thought that guy was a legit, like, like, I thought I saw him from somewhere. Like, for some reason, when I first saw him, I thought, wait a minute, is that black? Is that yeah, that, that's black? like, that's half of this uh, these episodes where it's half like, oh, hey, it's that guy, and half, wait a second, I think I know that guy from something. Okay, no, never mind, I was wrong. Um, yeah, basically, but it, but it's funny because like I'm watching this, and like the, the the entire second act of that of that fucking episode where they're just fighting on stage and Kogus, it this one probably just shows more than anything. Kogus is a fucking badass. Where he's one, just like, yo, what really happened great. to all the people? I bought all the tickets. He's like, I bought the whole fucking theater, jackass. You fuck. <laughs> I that I'm was rich, like so bitch. fucking good. That was oh. so fucking good, dude. Because like. And then the, the entire fighting that ensues from that, holy shit. Uh, yeah, they got the fight where the guy's switching the costumes and they're switching, like, show styles and his fighting style and everything. Where he goes from, like, kabuki style and he's got the ninjas. And then he's, like, the like the action movie where he's got the guns and he's doing the slow-mo stuff and he's all that. He's the fucking mariachi out of fighting. nowhere. Yeah, that fucking Mary. That one was weird. Um, like, and that's that's another thing that the show really does well with the, the higher budget is that the, the fighting, the fights are much better the special effects are much better. You get a whole bunch of wire foo. Just again, where they don't really need to use wire foo, but they do it just because it's cool. Um, Rule of cool, basically. Exactly. Again, that's that's really what a, a lot of the fights end up being. The CGI again, much more improved. Still not great, of course. This was 2011 TV show. Um, it looks about on par with what Common Rider is nowadays, which. Um, Ouch. says more about Kamen Rider than it Ouch. does about Garo. Uh, Fuck. It, it, looks like, it looks like like an early era PS3 game. Um, which I guess yeah. is uh, good work for Garo for not looking like shit. Um, it's, <laughs> it's weird though because the CGI is it's good up until they start doing more like the acrobatic stuff in the CG that they would normally do in the suits. Where you got like them trying to do like the the flips and stuff like that, and it just looks super duper janky and awkward, and it's like you you can tell it 
normally it's good because usually it's like it blends in really well again and they do the thing that the they did with the movies and a little bit with Shogeki Garagen where they have the the CGI backgrounds with the CGI models and stuff like that and sometimes it's in the green screen sometimes it's not it's all really stylized and there's a lot of stuff going on I think it blends together a little bit better in this show than it did with uh, Garagen but again it still has that issue when when there's a lot of movement going on it just looks really kind of janky and ugly and you can tell that it's kind of fake and it's not real but sometimes it looks really really good where i was genuinely second guessing some shots where i wasn't sure whether or not it was cg or it was a real suit <coughs> yeah basically I, I i think i think in, in total like everything just looks a little bit better yeah like <laughs> there isn't this weird grain i mean granted that was more than likely just the TVs that they were on, and this is after the jump to high definition the whole world went through. Yeah, the, but like, the Blu-rays this have, weird a, grain. have a is little that? bit of a graininess to them on some episodes, but I think that's just the transfers they did. I couldn't tell exactly. Uh, yeah. there's, there's still that kind of dampened color filter the show has on it. Most of the time, there's a couple of moments where they, they get rid of it, and the suits look really gorgeous in like the full color. Oh, they do. Yeah, like yes, there's a... There's the one with uh, Koga and Subasa fighting. Um, I forgot to write down his character's name, but it's Jiro from Kiva. Uh, oh, they're he, fighting. Oh, him. that's the best part, dude. His name's Wataru. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. I forgot. That's the best part. Uh, you which, call him which, Kiva, which is also funny because that's the episode where Saga's actor comes back in. <laughs> <laughs> mm, makes you think. I would. You know what? I don't. I don't know if that was just them, just a happy coincidence, or it was just it was a funny little nod. Oh, you know, Mumia uh, is just fucking Amami with is you. best friends with Inoue, It seems like so. I think it was an intentional. <laughs> nod. Oh my god, that, um, that would be so good. So, speaking of that episode, that was a good one. But what was I saying? Yeah, they 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 get rid of the color filter every now and then, and the suits look so much better without the color filter, which oh, is weird because do. the suit suits are absolutely gorgeous still. They get, I think they gave, I remember you saying something about Zero has a new suit, and I was, I was comparing it with screenshots from season one, and it's, I couldn't entirely tell if it's a new suit. There's definitely differences, but I wasn't entirely sure. I know it, it feels a little bit more sec, uh, in the sense that like, there's more. You can see more of the undersuit now, because I think in season one it looked a lot more like a, more obvious, just a silver garo. Yeah. In this one, there's there's more detail in the face there's a little bit more con there's a little more texture on some certain parts some different tassels not tassels different like little metals on him now so i'm like yeah this is more than likely not a complete redo but enough to for me to call it a new suit mm. i couldn't tell but he, he still does look good uh the returning suits of course garo still looks <laughs> absolutely gorgeous uh, I again, I can't tell if that was a new suit either. It looks about the same, but I think that's the. I think we were thinking the CG suit from the movie was a new suit where it, it looked different. Yeah, probably. Um, Dan uh, Subasa looks great. Uh, the, we get, oh, that one's like, so good. We get a couple new Makai knights. Uh, we have Wataru uh, Jiro, who is Baron. He looks. He, he again. He just basically just looks like uh, his. Fangai or wolf, whatever the fuck form from Kiva. Yeah. <laughs> which is part, it literally is just his wolfman form from Kiva. Uh, Even the sword looks like it. Yeah. Uh, we get the, the titular uh, Flash Knight Lord who doesn't get a real suit at all. 
That's which so is weird to me. Super fucking weird. Uh, which, well, uh, I think we should say who Sue who he is. We haven't actually talked uh, about his character. Yeah, let, let's yet. let's now let's talk about the plot. Yeah. So, so <laughs> as vaguely alluded to, uh, the plot of the show is that there is a character they call the the Red Mask, uh, who's this creepy demon dude who hates all Makai knights because reasons. Um, and he's again, he curses Koga and a bunch of other knights, and he's gonna kill them all because reasons. Yes. So Koga teams up with some new Makai priest named Leo, who the show immediately front loads as being incredibly suspicious and evil. Uh, Fuck's sake, there's multiple times where he has like an <laughs> evil expression on his face. I'm like, yo, come on, bro. Like, oh, the guy who's making all of the cool robots and the villain has robot minions? Hmm. Oh, Koga immediately assume he assumes he's the guy who attacked him and he doesn't do that to anybody else in the show? Hmm. Oh, he knows all of this shit that he probably shouldn't as a Makai priest. Oh, he's able to do the stuff a priest shouldn't do. Hmm. Oh, See, it's it is the funniest very clearly thing. him underneath that mask. Hmm. It, it's the funniest fucking thing to me. Like, how obvious they were being with this. Just how stupidly in your face. This is him. We're not going to fuck with you. And then they fuck with you and with then, the dumbest <laughs> twist ever. See, like, here's the thing. I was like, I know it was obvious. I was fine with it being obvious. And then they f- they have the audacity, the temerity <laughs> to pull the fucking evil twin brother trope they on us. They unironically pulled off the evil twin with fucking twist. You no fucking, fucking foreshadowing at all. I was legitimately mad. I was legitimately pissed off when that happened. <laughs> I remember what I, I remember watching it because I was just like, "Oh shit, it's Leo!" And then next episode, wait, what the fuck? I was like, "Yeah, he ta- like Koga rips the mask off." And I'm like, "Oh wow, it was the guy that we already knew was the villain." Wow, what a surprise! And then they're in the fight in the quarry with the the fucking giant robots, and then Leo shows up. I'm like, "What?" What the fuck? What? <laughs> He's like, I can't I, let you do this, brother. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it's my evil twin, Pierre. <laughs> fuck, they even give him, like, an extremely obviously evil fucking They call him Sigma. Too. Fucking. Listen. Why would you name your kid Sigma if you don't want him to grow up to be Hitler? Come why on. Would you, why would you name one son, like, a real name and then call your other son fucking Sigma? That's just asking for trouble. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Fucking, oh my god, that's the funniest shit and ever. I, I, and I'm going to be honest, This th- that was kind of the point where the show began to lose me because it just, it goes into full fucking crazyville. And the, the show does pull itself out of that. It does get me back into it. It does redeem itself. Uh, and mm. Redeem itself is probably the bad word. It doesn't, it doesn't like ruin anything. It just like, the fucking bait and switch is so fucking audacious to me. It, I would have, I would have been less mad if it was just they genuinely did the oh the guy was obviously evil the whole time trope. I would be fine with that, even if they fi- if they just had like a one line foreshadowing of the fact that he had a brother at any fucking point in the show before the reveal. I would have been less mad than what I was. So the worst part about it is the fact that, like, like you said, 
not only does it come out of nowhere, but like like you were just saying, the entire show, the entire show, they're giving us hints that this guy's fucking evil to the point where even when they re- when they show off that he has a twin, in my mind, I thought. He's probably just gonna fucking backstab Koga anyways. I thought, so I thought they were evil. gonna do. I thought they were gonna do some shit like, oh, he was split into two halves and one side's evil, the other's good. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> fucking piccolo shit, really? It, yeah, you know what? That I think that would have been like at least a little bit crazy. So that would have been like, all right, I would have been less pissed off about that. It, it felt like they were trolling you. It like, did. Legitimately, it felt like which, a fucking troll. Which is why which is why I have the feeling that maybe it was just like a last second suggestion, which is why his suit is entirely CG. Which is, again, ridiculous because they had the fucking literally who character played by the guy from Kiva. He got a suit, but the actually relevant character to the plot, he doesn't get a real suit. See, um, it makes sense that it would granted, be all CG. I was going to say, it, it can make sense that it would be a last minute addition. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the fact that he's a fucking Makai Knight was stupid. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, okay, if he was a Makai Knight, why why did he become a priest? Um, why I didn't did, even know you why could did do no, that. Why did nobody mention this until now? Why did, uh, why did uh, the glowing white chick have, for no reason, to... Uh, why did the glowing white chick... Who knew Koga? Who also Koga also knows so much about fucking Makai Knights. How did he not recognize this kid? He's fucking. He's he's one of the fucking heirs to apparently one of the biggest fucking families in the fucking Makai Knight. Like, scene. I mean, to be fair, I think that that's, that's a common thing with these shows is that nobody seems to fucking recognize half of the knights, even though by name and reputation they probably should. Like, fucking everybody should, everybody, every single fucking priest and knight on the goddamn planet should know who Koga is. And every single time a new one shows up, they have no fucking clue who he is. Um, it, It's so ridiculous to me, because like, and, and like I said, like the whole Makai Knight thing that him, him being a Makai Knight, I, to me, dude, I kind of felt like that was kind of a waste, because I was thinking, wouldn't it be more, I guess not potent, but wouldn't it make more sense in a way? If he was a priest going against the evil priest, like they're both brothers, they're both priests, but he doesn't want to turn against, you know, the Makai Knights. Like he's one of the only ones that didn't turn against them. Like that, that would make a little bit more sense to me. Him just being a Makai Knight just felt like, oh, we got to have something. The problem too is that making two of them heirs to a Makai Knight uh, family makes Sigma's motivation entirely self, self, uh, What's the word? Self-serving. Self-serving and petty. Because his, it, his it motivation is, is set up relatively early on that he hates the Makai Knights because they stole the Makai Priest's job. He wants to get rid of them so the Makai Priests are actually relevant again. All right. He's going to do it by killing them all. Reasonable plan here, but it's still, like, evil. And then we get the flashback episode where we find out that his motivation was that uh, he wanted to build a giant death robot to <laughs> instantly kill any horrors that show up so there won't be any need for mo- priests or knights or anything like that. All right. Valid enough reason to do this. It's understandable that you would end up turning evil when you're trying to build a giant death robot. Nobody builds a giant death ro- robot for peaceful reasons, let me tell you. Um, but the problem <laughs> is that having him be a Maka- the heir to a Makai knight family makes this entire thing incredibly petty because you find out that 
Papa Kikaider didn't want to pick him as his successor. <laughs> so, he, so he just gets all pissy about it and decides to go full kill em all mode about it. It's essentially the, it's it's like it's like getting fired from your job at McDonald's and becoming a Marxist the next day. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> this is too fucking extreme, dude. Like, and like, 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 legitimately, like watching this, right? When he fucking when I saw like the dad, like, I do not choose you, I choose Leo, and I'm just like, oh my god, that's his fucking motivation. Daddy didn't give you a suit <laughs> of armor, and now you're pissed. Papa, really? Fucking listen. If Kakaider told me he wasn't proud of me, I'd be upset too. But- <laughs> I'm not gonna build a giant death robot, all right? I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> it's it's the, it's the it's the same logic as a kid breaking his brother's toy when he did, when his brother got the PS4 and he didn't. It's so stupid. And again, like, <laughs> if his motivation was just like the Ma- Makai knights make the Makai priests second class, so he wants to get rid of them so the priests can take their rightful place in their society. Ugh, excuse me. Yeah. yeah, sure, fine, whatever. That's a reasonable and motiv- enough motivation. I, I, I could be with that, that, yeah. He had noble goals that ended up being corrupted by evil, or he le- went down the path of darkness doing his research and he got corrupted, stuff like that. That's fine. Or, or, or that's- maybe even if you want to say, like, like he saw, like, one too many, like, Makai priests die, and he thought, oh, dude, the Makai Knights don't give a shit. They're just using, like, fucking cattle. Like, maybe that, too. Which, to be but, fair, he's not wrong. Uh, from what we see, he's not yeah. kind of wrong. Um, that's, the, that's the best part. He would technically be right. Yeah. So, it's it's fine because, like, I was... He, he's almost sympathetic <laughs> until you find out that his, his real, like... The thing that kind of kicked him into this whole villainous scheme is that Daddy just didn't love him enough. And... It, it kind of puts like a, it kind of sours it too because like they still try to keep it as like oh he had noble reasons for it he had good intentions like motherfucker he he went to go dig up the corpse of like the horror god king to use for his experiment to build his giant death robot nobody does that if they have noble intentions I don't fucking care how nice you see him all right look Leo said that he's a very nice guy even though he made a giant death robot yes. with Satan's testicles granted. Granted, Leo was also helping him build the giant death robot until his brother started cutting up dead hookers in the basement. But you know what? Most people are on people's side until they start cutting up dead hookers. Um, <laughs> There's a bachelor party out there that does not. not have a hooker because of this guy. And I, I feel bad absolutely. for him. Um, <laughs> so, so I, lo- gets- I love that. Like, it, it, I, I like how that's... Would basically turn because, like, r- in reality, like, yeah, sure, Leo had his like reservations, but the moment he started cutting up dead hookers, I was like, all right, Leo, like, he's that's, gone. That's Leo's the best like, part oh, no. too is that like he's he, Leo is entirely on Sigma's side up until the part where his assistant tells him that, oh yeah, he's just chopping up people in the basement for science. Yeah, okay, this 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 is the part where I need to distance myself from you, bro. All right. Now now my now my now in my head I just want like, like it's not even people, it's just like Leo just doesn't want the hookers to go. He just likes them too much. <laughs> I mean who can blame him? Um <laughs> I mean fucking they used the doll chick from fucking Red Requiem again, which is Yeah, weird. she was she was like twice actually. She was like two different yeah. houses, which is weird. Still, I, I mean, I, I, hey, man, maybe she, she I don't know, dude, maybe she I had mean, nothing she was going great. on. She's that. a great actress. She did the, the, I the love creepy her. monster great. I love it because he just has this creepy sidekick monster with him the entire show. But, like, the flashback has some chick with him who doesn't become, unless I wasn't paying attention, doesn't become that monster, I think. She's just there. No, the monster, 
from what I think, I think the monster was the one of the hooker chicks. Might have been. <laughs> I think the monster, like the hooker chick that we saw that he took that made Mio go, oh no, I think he may have turned that hooker into the monster. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like how we're Holy just, like, shit, he made Frankenhooker. <laughs> I, like, oh I, like, I like how we're talking, like, like we're, we're talking about this like this is just normal, but like, again, we, we literally just like, we cut to him in like a fucking creepy altar like <laughs> stabbing a, a corpse with a fucking magic <laughs> knife and like casting spells on it and it's just it's just complete non sequitur it's, it's fucking great cause like legitimately it goes from I want to save the world I want, I like, I want to save the world now let me kill this people. and then he's just fucking cutting people up He's and playing then that, Marilyn Manson in the background, fucking killing a pig, dropping the blood everywhere. Like, <laughs> fucking hell, dude. She turned into a Satanist out of fucking nowhere. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I, mean, I was half expecting him to like have like a fucking pentagram somewhere or fucking like whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so his brother made the bad idea of using the ultimate horror lord Ganon. <laughs> we have Ganon and Sigma in the show. We just need Dracula and we got the trifecta of villains that won't die. Um <laughs> <laughs> so he decides to I just, use. The I just old like <laughs> when you say it like that. It's like, because when you think about it, it's even dumber. Oh yeah, he made the little mistake of you know resurrecting Satan himself for his little plan. <laughs> I mean, he's like, okay, so we have these robots that the priests use to fight that help them. All right, that's fine. Yeah. They're, I don't know if they're just like powered by magic or they were powered by like horrors or something. I. They never really explain how the Go Ryu work. Work. They're just they're, they're, they're just robots they're that are powered by magic. They're technically powered by a slight portion of a horror's heart, from what they said. Yeah, which is so why it went insane when Leo, the dumb shit, let some of his blood get fallen on it. I mean, you know, it happens. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So they yeah. So they establish that that their robots require horrors to function. That they're basically brainwashing horrors to work. All right. That's fine. That explains why his giant super death robot needs the ultimate Satan demon heart to activate. Fine. Whatever. At no point does anybody think, up until the point where he literally starts cutting open Satan for his fucking testicles and heart, he's like, <laughs> you know what, maybe maybe we need to stop this. Maybe this is not a good idea. Um, <laughs> About when was the point you decided this was probably a bad fucking idea? Yeah. I come on. <laughs> I love it too because he's like Oh, oh gross, excuse me. Just threw up a little bit. Um So, so yeah. Um I, again, people listening to this, we're saying this like it's normal. But the show passes it off like this is an everyday fucking thing. It just we we we're fixated on the whole dead hooker thing. The show just kind of glosses over that fact. It just it just comes up and then is just not mentioned again. It just happens because the, because the best part is like it's not like we're calling them dead hookers because oh she was dressed as a hooker. No, fucker basically calls them hookers. He's like he's like oh it doesn't matter if they die. No one's gonna miss he's them. Like, this the he's like this human was a waste to society. Nobody's going to miss them. It's like my <laughs> evil my super death robot that's going to destroy horrors will also destroy humans like this and like okay yeah you you're taking a couple of crazy pills here Sigma. All right. <laughs> It's, it's so stupid when you really like the more you think about his plan 
the more ridiculous it it almost feels like a final fantasy fucking villain at this point dude the sh- so- the show honestly goes full final fantasy near the end with the the giant fucking magitech robots and shit like that like okay it does. i was fine with the concept of the goryu they're fine i like the idea uh, it starts stretching it a little bit when sigma pulls out his army of goryu android robot ninjas <laughs> Like, fine, okay, gives, gives them... S- <laughs> again, again, I just, like, I say this like it's a matter-of-fact thing, like it's just normal. Um, yeah, he, he has an army of robot ninjas. Like, okay, that's fine, that gives the heroes something to he fight. That to gives the him some mooks. Yeah, he, he's basically the Shredder. Um, but then but then he, then he pulls out the fucking battle mech, and then there's the weird, like, chicken robots with, like, the... the porcelain doll heads like this is fucking get a robo or something and then you get the fucking magic train and the giant fucking death robot and it, it literally turned into a final fantasy game towards the end it is like and it's uh, so and, dumb and that's not even to insult this show i mean it's still again it still looks gorgeous i mean fuck i like final fantasy it just yeah it goes so fucking far off the rails it just starts getting so fucking ridiculous it, 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 it's basically the same thing that we were saying about Red Requiem, where it's just like, shit just happened, and you have no idea where you are. Like, what the fuck is even going on anymore? It's a little better paced than the than Red Requiem, oh, mostly uh, yeah, because rather than being a full movie where you just have scene after scene after scene of weird shit, there's at least, like, it at least builds to that level where it's not, we don't start immediately at 12 the show at least builds to reaching at one from twelve, <laughs> we, but by the time yeah. we reach like eight, the show's already gone too fucking wacky. <laughs> Look, the moment we had fucking trains, I'm just like, wow. Okay, where are we? It, the worst part is, is like it looks like a fucking. It looks like if Amamiya drew Thomas the Tank Engine. I'm pretty sure that one, I, You know what? No, that's. I'm not pretty sure. He definitely did draw that because he did all of the designs of this show. Um, it just, it's like Amamiya just fucking drew Thomas the Tank Engine. It's like, this is what it would look like. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. But And again, this. I'm not, I'm not saying this stuff to knock the show. I, I mean, again, it started to lose me here because it's like. It goes to a point where the series had not been to that before, and it just starts getting so fucking zany. It, it's so it's hard to swallow all of it at once. And after like an episode or two, to finally like, okay, this is where we're at. Fine, I started getting back into it. I started really enjoying it again. It's just there's that initial shock of like, the villain has a giant death robot powered by Satan, and there's a giant magic train and all this shit. It's like fucking what the fuck just happened? We were <laughs> we were like we had mild sci-fi magitech elements before this point, but it was mostly like a fantasy like modern era tech up to this point. What the fuck happened here? It, it, but that's that's what I'm saying like cuz cuz like you said like we'll, we'll have like an episode where we're just like all right, it's cool. This is where we're at. And then the next episode just fucking go forward, man. Fucking just don't stop. Like, holy shit. Like, like a if, little the, if the show stopped at, oh, the villain, uh, Sigma has the, like, the, he has, like, the, the big, uh, the big personal battle mech that he uses during his fight with, uh, Koga and Ray where he gets unmasked. If that was, like, the farthest point the show went, I'd be fine with it. I'd be happy. It, when it starts going past that point is where it starts going into wacky town. 
when, when, when you have when the final essentially the final monster of your show is a giant chicken that's fucking weird dude it's it's a weird red lady with giant horn tits inside of a fucking 10 story robot chicken mech <laughs> uh, like I, I like I say this like it's a normal thing but it's not so so Sigma oh, fucking uh, hell. He, he ultimately gives an ultimatum where okay if you guys give up your armor and stop being knights I won't kill you I'll let you go of the curse except for Koga fuck you you die no matter what I don't care uh, but also he was fucking with everybody they were gonna die regardless um so Koga makes a pact with uh, a horror, not like a horror, just like some kind of demonic entity called Gajari, who they introduced. From what they or, explained, from what I know from from the show at least, from what they explained, he's not a horror or a human. He's just an entity. It is just it is just some horrible demonic entity that, for whatever reason, the Senate has in their basement, but everybody is terrified of it. He just exists. He's just there, and everybody is terrified of him. Why is he in the basement? Why do they? Why do they just let people walk in to talk to him? I don't know. Whatever. They just do what he wants. Watch the next season. Well, actually, no. They do talk about him in the movie, uh, the movie that comes after this. Oh. Um, which is what the the show the ending of the show sets up. But we'll we'll get to that. Um, so so they introduce him earlier in the show. He's like, I don't give a shit about what the fuck you people want or anything. Koga, you better go fuck yourself, all right? Because I swear to God, if I see you again, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay, whatever, dude. And so Koga, being the fucking brain trust that he is, decides to make a pact <laughs> with that guy. He's like, hey, can you help me fight this guy so we don't all die horribly? He's like, I don't know. What's in it for me? I don't know. Uh, what do you want? He's like, I'll let you know later. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. Basically. He's just like, can you just, it's like, I don't even want, we don't even want your help specifically. Can you just, like, teleport me to the final boss so I don't have to deal with solving this fucking barrier shit? He's like, yeah, okay, cool. Boom. <laughs> Such I a love trivial it. task. I, lo I love it, too, because, like, he just shows up during the final fight with Leo and Sigma, and Sigma's just so confused. Like, what the, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> I went through all this trouble to make these robots. Like, fucking damn it. Come on, you know, here you I had go the, making had this, fucking packs with God and just I had this cheating. whole train here with the robots. You were supposed to go through the whole thing, you know. There's, there's this, no this style. This is just cheating. I know, right? <laughs> I love it. It's like this is this is going a hundred percent against my plan. You ruined it. I, it's no surprise anymore. I had this whole speech. He fucked it up. Yeah, I just love so, it. I love it. So he. It's kind of a blur after that point because it's just, again, we just get more bigger fucking robots. He activates uh, the Ultra Super Death Robot, um, and then they all travel to the real Makai Realm, um, which is ridiculous to even have to say, um, <laughs> which leads to a gigantic battle where... Uh, all of the Nakai knights, including the ones that aren't important enough to get their own unique armors, and all of the priests and have this ridiculous fucking vinyl battle where they're using their magic brushes as, like, magic arrows and shit, and you got fucking 
everybody doing sick flips and all the cool CG and shit like that. And there's this big battle against all these robot mechs and horrors and shit like that. And you got the robot shooting, like, just obliterating horrors and the robots and shit. Could you imagine actually being in this fucking final battle, dude? I'd be so confused. Dude, I was I was so confused fucking watching it. It was just, it starts going fucking <laughs> everywhere. And, and I, then like, it I ends lost, with I'm, Koga throwing his fucking buster fucking, sword while the fucking he, horse is he, on top of it. He lifts Goten up onto the sword, <laughs> sets the sword on fire throws the sword with Goten on it and Goten kicks the fucking giant robot's weak point breaks it open and then Koga fucking Superman punches it and it explodes <laughs> and I, 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 I swear to god when, it, when he lifts Goten up the sword and starts spinning around I legit <laughs> burst into laughter I could not stop laughing the entire time I was it was speechless. just so fucking ridiculous. I was speechless because I was just like, oh my god, they somehow managed to find a way to top Big Sword from, from fucking <laughs> Beast of the Midnight Sun. You know what? Holy shit. You know what? Archer Archer told artist Archer in the Discord server, he told us he told us they would top this. We didn't believe him. I fucking I fucking again I was legitimately laughing for like at least a solid two minutes when I saw it happen. See, it's when he said that, I just thought, oh, is he just going to make the sword even fucking bigger? That's what I, I thought, I didn't think too. he was going to toss I... the fucking horse. <laughs> <laughs> he just tosses the fucking horse. <laughs> Matt, imagine being fucking Goten where you just be like, okay, Koga, what the fuck are we going to do? Oh, God. Oh! Yo, Koga, that was a real dick move. You could have told me first. <laughs> Listen, Goten exists only to job out, all right? I think he's used to it. I Listen, he's I'm not even being mean to Goten. He just, like, every single time he shows somebody up... Somebody call fucking Peter on his ass, Jesus! He just, he just eats shit immediately. <laughs> By the way, oh, I'm fuck. completely... I, we completely glossed over the part where uh, Koga gets absorbed into Ganon and <laughs> fucking... Jabi and Rekka and Kaoru have to go in there and save him. And there's this whole bit where Kaoru and Koga are reading her storybook, and he, it's this really cute emotional moment. And I like it's a great scene too, but it like it just like it gets buried under the mountain of just ridiculous shit loved, that keeps happening. In the I would have loved if while they're reading it, you just come back to the fucking Makai Knights and priests just getting their shit kicked in. <laughs> Pretty much. And this is the this is page two. Oh my god! I'm it's, fucking dying. It's so utterly ridiculous. This entire ending sequence. It it, it that, like it we're, feels we're like it's feels schizophrenic. Over, like, this is like legitimately like a solid like six episodes worth of content. We just like there's so much shit that happens we can't talk about all of it. We would be here all day. Dude, legit it feels like it feels like I'm like I'm on a caffeine high. I'm just like I don't know what to fucking focus on. What it the feels fuck? Like oh my god. Me right shit. now uh, on a caffeine high. Yes. This I'm is just like oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> it just and, and, and it's like <laughs> and it's like you said when, when when the fucking scene where she's reading the fucking storybook to code comes. You're so so wired. You're just like <laughs> What? You've got Wait, you've, what? You've got Jobby and Rekka in like a weird in the weird like demon heart void fighting the the creepy contortionist 
sidekick monster who just exists. You've You're got, basically fighting fucking what's his fucking name? Zidane from Final Fantasy Nine out there. Pretty much. That's what it looks like. There's there's the armor. There's the fucking army of robot ninjas that the fucking priests and the knights are fighting. There's. <laughs> it's like, wild. It's it is like again. Once you get over that initial shock factor of this is where the series has become, you just it catches you again because of just how fucking ridiculous it gets. And it is great. It is gorgeous. It's I so lo- fucking funny because like because like the funniest thing is that it starts so simple. It starts it st- with the fucking Sage from Ghost being caught by a few Yakuza, gets finding a by magic horror. lighter by <laughs> yeah. a horror that was created by some guy who got shot in the head by a Nazi. You know, like you do. I, again, it starts I said that with too, that. It, that's season fucking Makai Senki episode one starts with some guy being executed by the Nazis, which I think should have been a sign to see where this season was going to go. Yeah, like, so um, like it starts with that. Then middle, like I, I put this in three steps of insanity. Nazi shooting motherfucker in the head, twin brother, uh, horse on a sword. <laughs> that's that's the levels we got here. Which one do you want to start with? Because we, <laughs> you're you're going on all three, and you have no like, choice. Th- that's that's really the thing too. Is that like after Red Requiem, which was just insanity, we go back to what how Gara was more or less at the end of season one. It is. <laughs> It is pretty. It pretty much picks up in terms of the tone exactly where we left off, and then by the end, it has gone so fucking far into crazy town that it is a completely different series. But it is still absolutely fucking amazing. I would love to have somebody like cut their watch watch along of Garo season one, like like literally episode twelve, and then pick up episode thirteen from Makai Senki and just watch their brains just melt. They're just like, what the fuck is going on, dude? Why are there robots? What is this shit? (laughs) They got the mousers from Ninja Turtles all over the place. What the fuck? I'm like, we got We got mousers. We have the footprint ninjas. We've got fucking (laughs) battle man. This is Ninja Turtles. It really is. Holy shit. Dude, fuck, man. I don't Uh. know. That's the thing, guys. You're listening to us fucking mark the fuck out of this. Guys. <laughs> we're not. Ex- we're, we can't even begin to. You can't. You can't explain <sighs> this shit because it requires you to explain basically everything that happened before. Dude, fuck it's Seth Rogen and his DMT. Makai Senki's were at dude. Seth Rogen. No, J- Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Oh, but did I say the- Seth? Yes, you said Seth Rogen. Oh, well, fuck Joe see, Rogan and his DMT, dude. My I, guy's see, Senki, you man. said Seth Rogen. I thought you were going to talk about weed or dude weed Lamau, but then you said DMT <laughs> and I got confused. Oh, dude, fucking. It's like, wait a second. Did Seth Rogen upgrade when I wasn't looking? <laughs> dude, fucking. My guy Senki is a DMT trip, man. Fuck it. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you, you feel like you're somewhere else, man. It's like, dude, I would love if, like, somehow I could, like, watch this in VR. Holy shit, oh my, I would I th- die. I think I would legitimately have a stroke. It's just... <laughs> again, it falls into that same pit sometimes with Shogeki Garigan where it's just... There is just so much shit happening. It is legitimately disorienting to watch. It is legitimately uncomfortable to be paying attention to the show. <laughs> but, but then it comes down. 
like it, it, it just just calms down with the ending. Which it, the ending itself is fucking ridiculous. So so the ending <laughs> it doesn't it does not end with Koga throwing his horse into the giant robot. <laughs> Everybody shooting magic brushes into the robot <laughs> like arrows. And then the evil demon horror god that became a creepy woman with horn tits getting her body blown apart and then Koga blowing up her head with a magic brush. It doesn't end there. No, because everybody returns home and they're going to throw a big party for Koga and celebrate. And then fucking Sigma breaks into Koga's house. Um, and then he throws the fucking house into the sky because he can just do that. Yeah. Um, by the way, we completely glossed over one episode that happened earlier on that ends up being important because, uh, apparently him and Sigma were just childhood friends at some point. Oh, Um, yeah. See, what's even funnier is that, like, that's probably where, like, the bullshit craziness started because it ends with just child genocide. (laughs) Oh, that, that, like, again, that is really, a really, really great episode, too. It is. It's, again, it's, you just kind of get this idea that this is this world that has a much more complex lore and history to it that you're not paying attention to, that we just, we don't get to see enough of, and I like, and I'm not complaining that we don't get enough of it, I'm fine with that. I like what we do get. I like how they expanded on it. And it's this nice episode where you got Koga and some other nameless knights who are in, like, a training camp during their, their wee babby days, and it's him bonding with these kids who he doesn't know, he's never met before, he doesn't even get to know their names. They don't even know his name either, which is, I they they half explain it as like something something animosity something something whatever. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> sure. Fine. Whatever. I'm fine with that. That's a logic. And you get this idea too, where it's these kids who just like, they're kind of like the misfits of the group. And you get them. They, they get them bonding. You have them being like uh, rivals at first and picking at each other and hating each other. And you have them slowly bonding and everything like that. You get, like, the weird bits where they're having fun, goofing around. They're like, oh, hey, cool, check out my cool scars and shit like that. Which is it's a little weird, but I, I guess it's like it's something that a kid would probably do in a situation like that. I'm yeah. sure in the society that they are, that's probably a little less weird than it would be in, you know, any other society. Yeah, pretty much. And yet you have the thing where ultimately they, you know, there's no, like, big, oh, we finally did it. We're finally not outcasts. like... No, it still ends with them still being outcasts because they're still fuck-ups. You know, they're still learning. And then a giant fucking horror shows up and eats a bunch of them. Yep, and yeah. It's, it's so See, fucking... It's so fucking... Uh, legitimately, it was so abrupt, I looked away for a second, and then suddenly there's a giant fucking horror tear, tearing apart the camp. I'm like, wait a second, what the fuck just happened here? I thought, I, I legit thought, like, we had jumped, like, forward I ha- I had to fucking I had to fucking rewind the episode, like, twice to be like... Oh, okay. This literally just came out of nowhere. All right, whatever. It was, it was almost like a jump scare because, like, you just see the kids. Oh, they're all happy. And then, but yeah. Um, so, in terms of the grander plot, it reveals that one of the kids that was in Koga's group ended up becoming Sigma, uh, which doesn't really tie into anything. There's a brief acknowledgement where Koga's like, I made a promise to a friend that I would kill him if he ever turned evil. And Sigma's like, oh, that's who you were. Oh, I still hate you, though. Fuck you. Um, but see, it's I so it weird cute. because it actually explains something 
that's just a really weird detail that a lot of people probably didn't even care about, which is the weird little dream catcher on Koga's jacket. And I'm just like, yeah. you explained that? That's okay. And, and I like it too because it like it expands Koga's character in a way that it doesn't like it doesn't change anything about him, but it's still like it, he he doesn't like, oh, I suddenly remembered this thing from my past and now I'm a different person. It's like it is informing you of things that was already a thing about Koga's character that now you understand the context behind it. Like yeah. in the, the episode prior where we find out that um, uh, Jiro from Kiva, Wataru, was his uh, was his mentor back in those days. And he makes that he, he makes like a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink reference to it. And he's like, oh, yeah, you were that kid, which is weird that he wouldn't know that that was Koga. But whatever. Um, How many fucking mentors did Koga have? Jesus Christ. Uh, there was his dad. There was the one from Red Wet. There was the, the one from the movie who for a second I thought was supposed to be this. It was going to be the same guy who Jiro was. Uh, there was him. I don't think there's any other ones. No, and there's Jiro. Maybe like, so that's three. I, I guess there was there was Amon, the uh, Reverend. So I guess that's four. Um, Jesus, man, <laughs> and all, like, and three of the four of them are dead. Uh, not a great track record for you, buddy. Womp womp. I, I mean, you know what? That's just that's just the thing. You become a mentor, and you just your death flag goes up immediately. I know, right? But like, <laughs> it, it's it's funny because like, as you said, it doesn't. It doesn't change anything about Koga. It just explains him more. And it's like, I love that. And I love the fact that, like, usually I would be one of those guys who's like, really? You're going to explain that? You're going to explain that little detail that nobody really gives a shit about? But they did it so well that I'm just like, I'm I'm happy that they explained that. Cause that, that was legitimately important. Yeah, again, even if it was just like a, a even if it didn't have any kind of, like, overall end goal to it, it's just a fun episode because you get to see the... Wee Babby Koga going on his training days, and I love shit like that. It's uh, legitimately really, really fucking good. But so, so let's talk about the so, actual. So back ending. where we were. Um. So Sigma throws Koga's house into the sky because reasons. <laughs> uh, and they, they have oh, a fight. Yeah, we're talking about his fucking childhood. So, anyways, back to the story. So Sigma oh, yeah, throws so, his house so into back the to fucking the part, sky. So back to the part where their house is fucking flying in the sky and they're having a sword <laughs> fight. Um. <laughs> This is so dumb. Uh, Leo, who, despite the fact that he wasn't in the house, decides to show up halfway through the fight, even though he could have showed up at literally any point. Um, which leads to, uh, again, it's a nice, really final fight uh, where it's just it's just suitless Koga against Sigma. And you get to say, he's like, no, I can't let you kill him because I need to kill him because I made a promise that I would kill him, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's like, what do you... Oh, yeah, that's right. You made that... I, it's again. It's a nice subtle callback where you don't really. It's like it's not like ham fisted or anything. It's, they're not it's shoving fun. it in your face. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're not shoving it in your face. So Sigma dies. Uh, Koga's house is completely demolished. You know, like you do. <laughs> and then everybody goes home happy, uh, except for Koga, who's like, "Oh yeah, I made a pact with the ultimate super demon, didn't I?" Uh, sorry, Kauru. I gotta go find a magic MacGuffin for Super Hitler. All right. Bye. Uh, <laughs> He Which basically pulled nice, a sword from get, Kingdom Hearts 3. They they get a nice little goodbye. He finally gets his kiss. Uh, Zaruba finally gets his kiss, too. The little shithead. Um, <laughs> I love Zaruba, dude. Zaruba's, like, he's, I love how so the fact, good. despite the fact that he fucking died, he's basically the same exact character as he was. Honestly, I think he's more Starky in this season. He is, and it's so good. 
I, th- I think it's great too because like he's so much more of a shithead this season but so much more shit happens to him like there's the episode that opens with him just bursting into flames for no reason right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> and th- that was a great episode too because it's him palling around with Jobby for the entire episode Koga is basically not in it at all it's just her it's great yeah we actually there's, there's get a- more with Jobby which I'm like oh that's surprising yeah we get we get more with her we get more with uh, Rekka from Red Requiem uh, we get a little bit with Time Green, who shows up basically just because he's there. We get an episode two where that's just Leo, pretty much. We get a, again, we expand the side cast a little bit more, uh, and it's great. I like it. We get a lot more of uh, zero episodes, and I like. Well, like episode. I said, I love the uh, little episode with Kaoru and Leo when they're going to find the the little thing because it's it's just a oh, yeah. it's a comfy little. Nothing really crazy happens. Yeah, there's a fight at the end, kind of, but nothing really crazy happens. There's no crazy shit. Yeah, some creepy imagery, but it's it's comfy. Ray's episodes are the the best because he's there's the two the two highlights of his episodes, uh, which I think were only his. No, he had a couple of different. Actually, another thing about it, thinking about it, his his couple of solo episodes were the ones that I remember the most. There's. <laughs> The one with the creepy couple with the creepy tree who are killing people because they're dead son. They want to make him better or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that one That one was kind of lame. I liked the overall plot. Again, that was one of those ones where you could have replaced Ray with literally anybody, any character at all, and it would have still worked. Yeah, pretty much. Um, there is, of course, the one we mentioned, the one with the uh, the demon sword and the samurai. Uh, there's the one where he he meets the little girl who he's been friends with for a while, and it's oh his mom's been uh, her mom's been possessed by a horror, so he has to deal with like do I have do I should I kill her? Do I have to? Do I have to go through with this? Is there something I can do? You know stuff like that. I like those. Those are those episodes are really great too, because again that goes more into the the kind of these are just standalone horror plots that just so happen to have like a monster hunter guy in it. You could again you could just replace. Like the Makai Knights with just a type of monster hunter kind of character. And it would still work. And that's what's great about it, too. It, it feels it's, almost like, and I don't know if this is, I don't know, maybe somebody who's more into Japanese folklore can tell me, but it feels like Amamiya's translating like folklore and myths and legends and just putting Garo in them. And it really works. I don't necessarily and, think so. I. At least a lot of these. Again, I think they're just more. These are just kind of horror e plots that oh, we <laughs> just kind of have to. We just happen to be able to fit Garo into. True, but that, but that's what I'm saying. Like it feel they, they feel like that. I'm not saying they're exactly they are, but they feel like these could be like legends you tell somebody around the fireplace. Like oh, the the don't don't step into the don't step into the light in the pier because the chick will take you away and you don't know where you go. Yeah, like again, it's just like these are just, you know, <laughs> urban legends in the place. It's like, oh, here's these haunted manhole covers. Don't step on them or you'll be dragged away to the underworld. Or I can oh, definitely here's see this, that being a thing. Yeah, like, oh, here's this spooky uh, streetlight. Don't step under it or the spooky ghost of the streetlight will drag you away. And you get shit like that, too. And that's what I love about this show is that, like, you could take these plots for the most part and just put them into any context and they would still work. It's the best part too. Yeah, and and I like and I was gonna say this because I, I was gonna say this in the server, but I thought to keep it here. I like how Garo, it hits that perfect medium between a, a very shonen esque type of pacing and plot, with a more 
we're not going to insult your fucking intelligence type of writing. And I like it because there's a lot of times where they could very obviously go something somewhere completely stupid and like bad stupid. And they don't do it because they're like, no, we know you're smarter than that. We know you're not a fucking idiot. But either way, here's Pierre. But like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it, 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 <laughs> it goes like that. And I like that. Like, I think um, one of my favorite episodes <laughs> is funny enough with Kaixa, my boy, who is the horror, which, oh, we never saw that coming. Oh, yes, they keep trying right. to say he isn't. There's there's the episode where uh, Koga enters a gambling tournament, despite the fact that he doesn't know how to fucking play poker at all. Uh, because Me. the the tournament is being hosted by a horror, and that episode's great because it's fucking written by Yanoe. Um, oh, is you can it? Tell, yes, you can tell because oh. one, it has Koei Murakami in it, and two, because it's completely ridiculous and hysterical. Um, it is. It's so good. You get you got Koga being like, "All right, I'll take this job." One problem: I don't fucking know how to play poker. Zuber's just like, "Don't worry, bro. I know how to play poker." And he's like. How do you fucking know how to... You don't have hands, Zaruba. How do you know how to play poker? <laughs> I love it, dude. It's but, so, but I love it especially because, like, when um when it starts becoming a thing of, like, oh, you have to give up something to get more chips. And it's just... You just see how fucking terrible these people are. You've got the chick who's, like, holding a guy hostage in the hospital. He's just like, fucking kill me. It's like, nah. No, I want you to live, and it's like, oh my god, what the fuck is wrong Or like with the this nerdy chick? guy who has like an obsession with some random chick, and I'm just like, these are awful people. These are, fu- I love that one too. That was so fucking great. Oh, uh, and that was a really early one. That was an episode that was really early on too. That was like episode five, I think, actually. But like, so <laughs> let's actually talk about the ending. <laughs> so. so- well, I mean, we kind of did. Uh, Sigma blows up Koga's house, uh, but he dies. Um, and then Koga was like, oh, yeah, I made a pact with Gajari, so I got to go fuck off for a little bit by Kaoru. That's basically then- it. Um, Leo, I guess, remains a Makai Knight. Uh, fuck it. Jabi and Rekka go off on a training journey. Uh, Kaoru finally releases, releases her fucking picture book, book after five fucking years. Um uh, no, wait, though. No. Leo and uh, Gonza are staying home to pick up Koga's house because Koga's not going to fucking do it. <laughs> and uh, Ray is like, oh, yeah, well, I guess I should probably get off my ass and, be- ass and do something now that Garo's gone, huh? Uh, which led into his own little miniseries and then the other miniseries. Um, and then, then just like, oh, yeah, the, the rest of the, the knights and priests are still around. Whatever. C- can I just say right now that with Ray at least... How fucking crazy is it that he was probably one of the most underutilized and missed potentials in Fies, and now he is probably one of my favorite characters in like all of Toku. <laughs> I know, right? He was like his character in Fies was just like, oh man, this could have been way better than you what you are. And Ray is one of the best characters in this show. Like it's so cool because it's like I was like I was hoping like oh dude I hope you get a second chance and thank God you fucking do because I fucking love him in this show. But overall, and then he has, uh, and then he got his own miniseries, which has the white guy from Ghost in it. Um, Wait, which one? Uh, oh, oh, okay. I thought you were. T- I, th- I thought you were talking about Dark Ghost. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean the literal white guy. Oh, the, dude, I was like, wait, Dark Ghost? That fucking that <laughs> fucking looker, Jesus. No, 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 no. When I say white guy, white guy, I mean the fucking the literal guy white guy. 
<laughs> yeah, I he's been in other things. I don't. He's got a really ridiculous name, but I I fuck. That was the first thing that came to mind. Um. So uh, uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's for the most part the ending is fairly contained. It's definitely still a. Oh yeah, by the way, here's a movie coming out. Go see it. Uh, I'm not gonna say go see it, kids, because this aired at fucking midnight and has titty titties in it, so it's not for kids. Oh, dude, it has um, so much titty. <laughs> I mean, it has a, a, it has an inordinate amount of titty. Five literally five fucking minutes into the first episode, we get full frontal nudity, um, which I think is a new. Well, no, actually, uh, season one actually beat that by like the first two minutes. Just just watch uh, one of the counting, ones we're gonna not watch. Not counting next. the opening, of course. Um, the one ones we're gonna watch next is gonna beat it somehow. It's like two <laughs> minutes in, probably. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, the ending, for the most part, is mostly a setup for the next movie, which is Garo Sokoku no Mario, Mario uh, which has the absolutely fucking metal translation of Demon Dragon of the Blue Cries. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the holy because, shit! Because whoa, this series whoa. is just so fucking metal. I need that um, on a fucking t-shirt. And, uh, that's pretty much it. Um... That would actually be the last we would see of Koga for quite some time would be that movie. Oh, what? Um, yeah, so the next actual season of the series would be Garo, He Who Shines in the Darkness, which is a totally alternate continuity with a new cast, new setting, uh, commonly referred to as the Ryuga-verse, because the main character is Ryuga something something or other. And then we would we kind of flip between that and the Ryuga verse from here on there, like uh, we'd have Zero's little mini series. There was Flowers of Makai, which is set in the main timeline again, but that has uh, Koga's son in it. Um, whoa, Koga, whoa, whoa! Holy shit! Split? What? Yeah, that it jumps ahead like fifteen, sixteen something years, and it has Koga's son in it. Um, it's. It's all right. I've seen a couple episodes of it. I wasn't impressed. Um, Isn't that the one with decades after? No, that was uh, Goldstorm, which was part of the Ryugaverse, which was a fucking awful show, but it had Gar uh, Masahiro Inoue in it, so everybody saw it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, other than like a cameo or two here and there, Koga would basically drop out of the franchise up until like last year with the last movie that came out. Oh, wow. um, and then otherwise it's mostly been like flipping between either one universe or the other and we would have new characters and casts uh, that's kind of surprising the only consistent character between every single continuity is Zeruba which is weird uh, he's a different character in each series obviously but he's still uh, fuck I forgot his name Hironobu Kageyama I forgot his name for a second <laughs> um He's also the only character who appears in the anime that was also in the live action show. Um, but well, I mean, the anime, the anime I've heard sucks. So. so no, yeah, the animes are fucking awful. Um, I so like yeah, it. I heard the first season was good. Everything after <laughs> that is pretty shit. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of weird because for the most part, this show wraps up everybody's character arcs, and then we get the movie, which kind of resolves for the most part Koga's whole arc. Uh, no spoilers there, of course. And then the next time we would see Koga wouldn't be for another, like, eight years in real life. Which is kind of surprising, considering what kind of series this is, where we constantly have all these characters coming back and all this shit like this. Um, 
I guess his actor just got busy. I guess so. But yeah. Just, so just watch. We're going to look it up. It, he did nothing. Well, that's usually how it is. Granted, usually in we, we'll, we're getting the English Wikipedia where they don't list shit. So, um, so yeah, uh, Garo starts getting a little weird after this point. Uh, the Ryugaverse does not exactly have the best track record from what I've heard. Um, it's are the what a little bit I've seen of it is fine. Uh, again, one of the shows has Masahiro Inoue, so how can it not be? <laughs> How could it not be insane? Uh, I love that. I completely unrelated. Uh, I love that one too because there's a press conference where uh, Keda Amamiya is talking about how he, uh, when Inoue first came onto the set, and he was acting like decade when he came onto the set, and then he asked uh, Amamiya to autograph a decade card for him because he's j- fucking jackass like that. Dude, uh, Masahiro Inoue <laughs> is. The biggest real life shit poster I've ever seen, and I love him. <laughs> He's so fucking great. Anyway, I can't imagine being friends with the guy because he'd probably fuck with you every single fucking day, <laughs> and you'd be like, "Holy shit, I can't take this." But oh, yeah. from the outside looking in, he's fucking amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the ending again. It has that problem with uh, the first season where the ending is kind of for the most part left open where we get most of it resolved, but there's enough left hanging where it's just go see the movie. And that's where your res- resolution is going to be. If you stop, Which is, the it's credits, fine. It's all right. Good. It works. Yeah. It, it works as a, like a, and the adventure continues type of thing. But knowing that it, uh, it's just basically a tie in for a movie is it'll, it's a little annoying. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but I guess we'll I guess we'll start with our final thoughts here. So Jay, please, as you may. So, again, I kind of knew already going in that Makai Senki was the big one. That was the one that everybody really liked. This was the one that kind of kickstarted Garo as a franchise. The original series didn't exactly do so hot when it first aired. Again, you're airing a show with a completely new franchise and everything at fucking midnight. You know, you're not exactly going to get the best track record. But eventually caught on, and I think this show is really what finally gave Garo its time the the sunlight, the day, the limelight. That's the word. <coughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely great for the most part. Uh, definitely improved effects, definitely improved fight scenes. Uh, everybody does a much better job acting, better written plots. Uh, overall, a really great show. Up until the end there, where it starts going full fucking Zanyville. And it gets it gets a little overwhelming, and it gets it's just a little bit too much too fast. And after a little while, like I said, after a little while, you start to get adjusted to it, and you start to really get back into it because it's just it's just so fucking ridiculous. You just have to see what happens next. But it still suffers that problem where it's just it is just a completely different product at this point, and it it's a little little hard to take. But overall, I really, really enjoyed what it ended up being. My gripes with it as well. I would say, if you haven't already gotten to the Garo, I would say maybe pick an episode or two of random of this show within like the first 15, 16 episodes or so. Yeah. Just watch it. If you see it, go start with the original series and go from there. And then know going in that it does start to get a little wacky at this point. Uh. <laughs> Again, I would personally recommend either episode eight demon sword or uh what was the one what was the fuck i can't remember what the episode number was um which one 
damn it, now I can't remember the other one I was going to recommend. Wait, wait, uh, which one? Shit. It was, uh... Damn it, now I can't remember. Uh, but <laughs> at the very least, watch the one I did recommend. The, yeah. Uh, the one with the samurai. Um. Okay, so I'm pretty much going to just mirror what Jay said. The show is fantastic. Uh, even, even up to a certain point, it was fantastic. I had so much fun. I... Like I said, I, I binge these shows usually very late at night, and I could not stop watching. I was hooked. I wasn't I, If I was tired before starting to show, I, I completely forgot that I was sleepy when I started getting into it because I just loved it. Every single moment was so much fun. From episode 1 to 15, could not put it down. Afterwards, eh, it started getting a little weird. started getting a little wacky. Then towards the end, it was just a fucking bonkers fucking crazy circus. But even then... I still find the show very enjoyable. All the stupid shit involved, all the stupid crazy stuff involved, I found it so enjoyable, I couldn't put it down. Legitimately, every single time I turned on a new episode, I was just like, all right, what is Koga and the gang going to get into? What kind of zany shit are they going to get into this week? Because I was so I was excited. This is the first time in a while where I was just like, I need to know what happens next. I don't care what time it is. I don't care if I'm sleepy. I need to know. And... I'm not going to lie, guys. I, I recommend this wholeheartedly. Um, like Jay, I would also recommend watching at least episode eight to see if you would be into it. Or hell, maybe if you want to see a little bit of the zany side, do episode five with uh, Irika- with Irakami. Uh, uh, I said his name wrong, but whatever. Murakami. Kaiksa, Murakami. Yeah. <laughs> but with Murakami, with, with fucking Kaiksa there. Or hell, if maybe if you don't want to see any of that, I'd recommend at, at least maybe even the maybe even Takatora's episode. One of those three, I think you would have a good idea of how weird and zany it can get while at the same time realizing how fun it can be. And of course, like Jay said, realize that it also does get a little weird. Um, Honestly, it's weird to say it. It's weird to say, but part of me almost wants to say that it's that it might be okay to skim season one to get to this one faster. And I don't mean in the sense that, oh, you just skip around. I mean, like, watch the most important episodes of season one to get to this one because I think you're kind of doing I think watching season one to this one you might be a little bit burnt out from season one that's how I felt when I first saw season one but overall I do say fuck dude I if this is the peak of Garo shit this was fucking awesome I fucking loved it dude so that's that's all I got to say about that and uh well, shit, that's it, I guess. That seems to be it, Jay. Mm-hmm. There's no wheel today. There's no wheel this week or next week because we're winding down, boys. We're winding down, and next week is going to be the top 10 commenter insert songs because it's been two years, basically, since Zio. Shit, fucking... I don't even think we did one for Build, I think. Did no, we? I don't believe so. Well, there you go. So it's been basically three years. So we're going to take all of these insert songs. We're going to put them all together. We're going to see which one you like the most in the tournament style. And we'll see you guys next week with that. Um, and, yeah, basically what I said last week as well. It's just going to be top tens until December. Shoot the shit. Year-end awards. And 2021, here we come. Fucking hell. So, with that being said, as always, I am AJ. That's Jay. Good night and good luck watching this series with a straight face.
<laughs> and we'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. And...